Train slow, be slow. That's an old adage that's uh, been around for a really long time. And uh, through my journey, just thinking about that uh, for performance, there's a number of uh, contexts that needs to be applied from when I've heard it in the past. Uh, many years ago, train slow, be slow was uh, certainly pushed from people who uh, uh, were actually just scared shitless of the fact that uh, people were getting stronger in the gyms doing bodybuilding or absolute strength stuff. And um, there was always this big push from um, skinny, weak people um, think, you know, pushing this functional movement, functional pattern narrative, thinking it's going to be the uh, panacea for sport performance. And uh, it turned out that uh, it wasn't the case. It turned out it was just entertaining. And it, didn't, it landed pretty soft. And when you wanted to look at real sport performers, whether the sport allowed them to do it or not, they just uh, lifted heavy weights and did absolute strength training. And uh, they were strong. And they did it through heavy loads. Um, and sometimes those loads moved slowly. But it, what it came down to was the intention. It was the intention of it. So when I say train slow, be slow, um, where we get this uh, break in uh, action for, you know, where we are today for mixed modal and the competitions that uh, are upcoming or in the future is that uh, the competition scenario is not slow. You know, so you have to find this sweet balance between the timing of slow training and functional bodybuilding and bodybuilding and slow absolute strength stuff and slow strict stuff for mechanical um, fatigue. <clears throat> you have to balance that in relation to what the actual sport is. The sport is basically really fast um, you know, relatively fast contractions um, that have to be done at a sustainable rate. Um, and if you don't do them at a sustainable rate, uh, you don't do the best you can do. If you don't do the best you can do, you can't sustain. If you don't sustain, you don't win. Um, you don't win it for you. And, um, and those who are really good can win for them, and then they just end up being better than others in winning also for that particular thing. So, uh, there's really just a couple of things to think about for, you know, where slow training fits in. Um, and I'll, I'll just classify, you know, what we'll call uh, slow training today as being bodybuilding, whether it's uh, functional bodybuilding, classic bodybuilding, anything. But, um, you know, and, and where that and how and the big challenges, again, the transition between slow contractions and fast contractions. Um, I'll say from the start uh, that. In a perfect model, uh, in a perfect model of the best career that people could have uh, based upon uh, where they want to go for the sport, they would have to have uh, years and years perfectly planned would actually be from, um, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 years of age. They would do a tremendous amount of slow resistance. That would be, an, that would be the, the best way. Um, and if not, if they start when they're 24, then from 24, 25, 26, 27, that would be the best way where they're not going in and out of a CrossFit competition then going back to bodybuilding on Tuesday. No, they do slow resistance training for years, years in a row. Now, of course, that utopia, um, it's actually never going to be possible in my lifetime, nor will we probably ever see it. We'll probably see it by mistake in a number of people down the road who were just interested in bodybuilding as kind of activities and did it for three or four years, then they're like, oh, interesting, let's do this thing called mixed mobile CrossFit. Um, and they jump into it and they actually have a good career because their uh, joints and um, base support is there. So that's the perfect model is to actually have many, many years of, of uh, functional bodybuilding and slow resistance training. 
um, and absolute strength training and no metabolic stuff, you know, none. Um, and again, that's a whole other conversation, another time for the, for the best model built, but that would be the best, you know, entry plan. I answered that many years ago, um, without even really knowing it, but only based upon what I had seen around me that, uh, the question was asked, how would you develop the best CrossFitter? Um, and I said, uh, I would, I would bodybuild them for many years, uh, first and, um, yeah. And anyways, that's where it sits today. People starting to see, um, you know, the benefits and the, and the push around healing a whole bunch of broken individuals who had done metabolic shit for a long period of time without the base support of absolute strength training. And now they do it and it does a number of things, takes away a shit ton of cortisol, um, you know, and the, and the rush for that. Um, they could actually get their immune system in health again because uh, their body's not so focused on uh, just moving all that lactate through the system or repairing muscle protein breakdown. <clears throat> They're not relying on sugar all the time for fuel stopping utilization, um, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So it should make sense that if people are going to um, do something that's not uh, um, CrossFit, then they're going to choose something that's, uh, that's going to heal them. Now, probably another conversation for another time, too, is the uh, body objectification and sensationalism and, you know, mild porn style that's placed inside of bodybuilding right now. It is what it is. Um, uh, no, no judgment against that, but that, you know, you're not going to... This is one of the things you got to contend with with being slow or training slow to be slow and being okay with that is that uh, you're not going to get performance and it's not sexy. So you can try to make it sexy, but the only way to make it sexy is you, you take your clothes off. Um, if you keep your clothes on, it's not that sexy and it can't sell. Therefore, if it can't sell, you're not going to push the idea. You get my point. So, you know, it's just important to consider uh, for any coaches or athletes lifting in that are like, well, just give me a perspective on where you should do this and how is it going to intervene in terms of the entire training plan. And the entire training plan um, it intervenes, as I said, in the formative years. So it has to be built from the get-go. Um, and just to make it, you know, um, make sense again, there's no way you can put um, seasonal bodybuilding-esque stuff for three to four months and blend dynamic contractions with that. Or you can't do three to four or five months of bodybuilding-esque activities and then all of a sudden just jump into competitions or you can't do, you know, just bodybuilding throughout and just say, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just go do a competition and then come back and do bodybuilding the next day. And if you do know people that have done that, you don't hear about them anymore because they end up having injuries or they just end up stop competing or they just choose a different path to not do bodybuilding and just keep doing the competitive nature. Um, that's reality. So just be careful of what you see you think is reality. Um, you got to ask more questions based upon those plans because it's just not happening. Um, so I want to make sure that if people recognize when we uh, discuss uh, bodybuilding activities and slow contractions, you recognize that uh, it can't mean uh, supplementary work. Like it can't mean absolute strength uh, workouts, um, uh, you know, absolute strength with lunges and absolute strength and strict gymnastics in the workout. No. Um, and this is where it gets super gray. It's like, well, there's a lot of people that do supplementary activity throughout the year. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not the definition of bodybuilding. Bodybuilding would be that you're actually doing the slow contractions um, with the intentions of trying to gain lean mass or to, uh, to heal oneself from the dynamic contractions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can see where there it gets gray. But uh, we have to have a definition of that. And um, there's just no place for it, honestly, in the, uh, in the training program. For the year is there a place for strict gymnastics improvement yes there is is there a place for strict absolute strength training yes there is etc do you see my point that's just a very small percentage of it throughout the year 
but it's a base support to allow people to do dynamic, dynamic contractions really well. Um, and so the truest definition of bodybuilding is that that's all you do. So there's no row intervals. There's no odd toes to bar, handstand, push-up, push-up kipping workouts. You know, that's not inside of it. And if it is inside of it, it is what it is. You know, but I'm just saying that um, that's the base support that's required for that. Um, something to think about for the train slow, be slow, is that uh, don't forget about intentions. If you add muscle mass, you're increasing drag, right? And sometimes it, it takes a, a year, not sometimes, a lot of times, it'll take years for people to develop the metabolic adaptations that are required um, when they gain four pounds of lean mass. Okay, so, and that may be okay for some, you know, it may be okay where some are like, you know what, I don't mind having a bigger chassis, but my capacity is taking a back seat, and it'll develop over a period of time, great, you know, that's, that's cool. Um, in all cases where you can, you know, even from YouTube videos or just watch people's careers, they've gained a very, very small amount of lean mass, and if they have gained lean mass, it's been a very, very small amount um, over time. Um, and it's been at a rate in which their capacity can be maintained with that, right? So just think about it. If the, what's the intentions of bodybuilding? It's to gain lean mass. And if it, if you if you're like, no, it's just to to you know move well. No, it's not. Not for the sport, right? Not for the sport. So if the idea of bodybuilding is to increase lean mass, you will increase drag. So don't forget about that. Um, if you do have um, you know, the, the uh, it's, uh, let's see my point here on this. Sorry for the spot. I just have it on a, a note to remind myself to look at that. Um, you have to have, um, a concept of the intensity that's used, um, for the sport. So if you, for example, you know, being, great at uh, football as a lineman, um, that doesn't make you squat 600 pounds for reps, right? Um, they may be able to pay, you know, uh, squat 600 pounds for reps because they're a lineman. So you want to look at the strength and the absolute max contractions that are required in training slow at the maximum level that's required for sport development. So if you are going to do really intense um, max contractions, um, they have to resemble what it's going to be in the, in the sport-specific situ- situations most times. And this is where, again, there's grayness, right? So back to the bodybuilding-esque stuff. Bodybuilding-esque stuff is known as um, mainly um, mechanical and metabolic fatigue involved in the movements, right? So that's going to result in a lowered intensity. It doesn't mean that you know bodybuilders don't do intensity or do max weights a lot, but the argument would be that you know, you could become stronger in the sport of mixed modal because you're doing hard contractions or because of your genetics, not because you did kettlebell flow and single arm dumbbell stuff for six months. Um, that is lowered intensity. So just remember the strength, you know, concept of it before you want to get into, um, you know, just thinking that that's going to be the uh, um, the only one that's going to move you forward. Um so it's 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 admirable it, you know it's it's not that it's and remember you know having bodybuilding-esque kind of stuff or slow contractions um it's not because it works that it's popular it's popular because it's not dynamic contractions don't forget about that right um the sport is dynamic contractions it's dynamic metabolic contractions so if you want to ask the question you know if there's the argument is well a lot of people are doing it 
yeah, but they're not winning at the sport. So that's that should be the that should be the place where you go, where you actually look. You know, and again, don't forget to say, oh, would they do supplementary band exercises at the end, and it looks like functional bodybuilding or bodybuilding or whatever you want to call it, absolute strength, slow training. Again, we're we're not saying that's the program. We're saying that that's just you know whatever you're doing as part of your preparation for the sport. Um, just so you just so you're trying to you know um, answer that question of well it's popular and therefore it must be uh, usable for the sport. No, that doesn't that doesn't make it usable for the sport just because of that. Um, it heals a whole bunch of broken people, which is fantastic. Um, but um, it's it's a real far cry from dynamic contractions, which is the sport. Um, another thing to think about is. Uh, you know, high percentage of all the athletes don't use the principles, right? Which is rest periods, asymmetry, core to periphery, muscle fatigue, and metabolic fatigue, you know, combined together. Um, and, you know, I don't, don't mean to say it again, but yeah, don't tell me just because you saw an elite CrossFitter, you know, uh, traveling and they did a hypertrophy program, you saw them using, that's not part of the repertoire, you know, and it's, I would say it's probably 0.5% of the entire year of training, right? So again, this comes into classification. What do we mean by slow training? I mean by people spending a you know ridiculous amount of time on it most of the time, and um, and, and isolating that particular variable. But uh, um, that's another place you can go for the strength and conviction of what do you need to do to get better at mixed mole. You need to do mixed mole stuff. And what is mixed mole stuff? A max contraction and multiple events and metabolic perturbations that are dynamic, right? And uh, so therefore, you have to say, well, just because there's a strict you know, gymnastics thing that shows up in the competition, we need to do a whole lot of that, which is bodybuilding-esque stuff. Well, you can go ahead and do it, but you're not going to be prepared for the metabolic contractions. Um, so just remember that, uh, you know, if, don't, look too, don't look farther than the top, you know, 3% of all the athletes and just look at their training all year, um, and you'll see that they're not doing that. Okay, that's pretty clear. Um, you know, so another way to think about it uh, for where this, you know, comes into play of... Uh, of training slow and being slow, uh, this is the, what we have to contend with within the sport, and this is where I talk about the formative years and building. It is, I look at our sport as you know individuals who are forced to, uh, at a really young age, they're forced to do F1, you know, without doing uh, cart and all the progressive stuff that leads up to F1 racing. If it don't make sense of that, I, I you know I'll try to think of maybe another example, but. Um, you, you need to have a, a lot of, you know, years, maybe 12 to 18 years of age of doing absolute strength, 18 to 22 years, you're doing 50, 50 of absolute strength and, uh, quote unquote, strength, speed, speed, strength, the more dynamic contractions, et cetera, et cetera, 22 plus it's full on, you know, like I said earlier. Um, but our sport, you know, welcomes the 13 year old to just get into, uh, thrusters and dynamic pull-ups. And because someone is capable of doing it at 14 years of age, or a particular female at 15, 16, 17 years of age, the entire system will hang on to that female's journey and say that everyone should be doing it simply because they are using momentum in most of the stuff. And what you'll never hear is a thousand stories of those females who should have not entered the sport till they were 22 and got many, many years of absolute strength under their belt before they did the aforementioned you know, sport career. Instead, we want to pile on to one out of a thousand 15-year-old females and run that story hot and say this is the exact way that the, that the sport should be built. When it's against all biological principles, you're asking that young female or anyone, but you know who I'm talking about, you're asking that young female to get into F1 racing without going through 
learning how to ride a bike, learning how to ride a motorbike, learning how to do cart, learning F4, F3, F2. I don't even know the progression, but you get my point. So F1 is really fast, really complex, really dynamic. And you can't just scale loads and somehow make it look smaller for younger people. Um, this is the issue with train slow, be slow, that if you train dynamically, you miss many, many uh, of the formative years of absolute strength development, right? Um, and I talked about this many times before with the weighted chin-up uh, conversation and dynamic contractions around the shoulder and all the reps that are needed prior to that. Just because people can do 40 chest-to-bar in a row, that's not the definition of success. Just because they won a competition when they were 17 and they're just so talented with kipping pull-ups and dynamic activity, that's not the definition of success. The definition of success is that shoulder that can last right, for 15 years, from 15 to 30 years of age. And of course, we'll see what that looks like, but there will only be one or two individuals and, and 988 other individuals or 998 other individuals no one hears about that dies out when they're 22 or they've sh got shoulder problems or they're now doing compensatory stuff. Why? Because they didn't train slow, right? They needed to train slow at those formative years in order to get better at dynamic stuff when they're older. And our sport, the uh, last point on that, our sport is just uh, um, pushes people directly into it. So there's no way you can even do almost, you know, for the 21-year-old, 23-year-old, you can't do six months of off-season absolute strength training because they're just chasing something now. You know, COVID's over. They're going to be back to competing every three weeks. And if you think they're not, well, you're obviously not coaching anyone out there today. Or as an athlete, if you're listening, you, you know what it's like. And, and listen, I have no judgment against that. It's just that if you need to spend time on developing a characteristic of absolute strength and slow movements, you need to spend months and months and months away from it. Even though knowing, I'm still aware of that, there's no transitional opportunity to go from six months of slow training and then just jump into an open season. It just doesn't work. Uh, we, we think it does, but it doesn't. We also have to think that it takes years to develop that transfer from weighted pull-ups over to dynamic stuff, right? So going from slow contractions to kipping, as an example, you know, it takes a really long period of time. Um, so let's not forget about that. Um, if the intention of the sport as well is dynamic contractions made aerobic, it's not looking good. So this is the aesthetic issue that I have talked about previously. I'll mention it again here that um, it's, it's to look good. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you do that on your own and no one knows about it and no one ever sees you doing it, I'm happy for you. And if you feel good about it, it keeps you healthy, your immune system is strong, and you keep your clothes on and you don't sell it, that's fantastic. You know, I, I actually, if you know about CCP or you know what we recommend, we recommend most people do absolute strength, slow training for their entire life as the best base of support for physical challenges not dynamic contractions, not the sport of CrossFit, not mixed modal, uh, not sprinting, not, you know, uh, kipping, etc. We don't, we don't recommend that. So, but you have to know that the intention of bodybuilding is to look good, right? Um, and besides the drag thing, you just need to know that the intention are, is different for the sport, which is dynamic contractions made aerobic. So you just have to go back and, you know, stick with that and see where it, where it fits into um, you know, making it work. If there was a best method, I'll repeat it again. Um, I would say do the formative years or see if people can spend a whole bunch of time through the formative years. And then if not, and if you do have people who are just wondering if it can be implemented inside of a mixed model season, um, I would say three to four months basically um, of a complete away from any metabolic challenges and you're only doing bodybuilding. And then do three to four months of this you know, middle ground stuff and then you can compete for uh, 
for six months. Um, and competing for six months doesn't mean you're just fired up every day. You just do these peaks and valleys throughout the six months. That would be, you know, the most generalized way you can probably make it work, you know, based upon that. Um, last couple of points too. We also forget that skills um, take years to develop, right? So these dynamic skills that to be made aerobic, that takes a lot of years. So even back to my point of six months in season and three months of actually doing absolute strength slow stuff, um, those are those are nine months where you're not developing skills to make dynamic contractions aerobic. This is what people also forget about. And we, you know, said it so many times before, and I still see that play today. Individuals just want to chase the squirrel um, and jump into a weekend competition because they're like, I just want to see, see how I'm doing. I want to do a litmus test. And, and I, listen, it's all admirable. And it, uh, but you got to do a lot of them for many years, like I have, and then with the, giving it to other athletes to recognize that it just pulls you away. There's, there's a lot of positivity in it. Oh, I came eighth. Oh, I, this is where I am in the world. Or, you know, that's great. That's great. Um, and you get to fight in the gym and exhaustion and, you know, all these things that are promoted based upon you being in the sport. That's all good, right? Except, except you're not training. Except you're actually backing up on your skill progression. You see, this is the point. So if you've got skills that you need to develop, and let's just say there's 12 of them, and they need to be developed aerobically and dynamically for a long period of time, that takes years to develop. And it's not years of like every two weeks you spend time on it. It's like a non-stop skill-based uh, progressive overload approach, right? That's just skills to make dynamic contractions aerobic. I mean, I haven't talked about other skills that could be involved. Um, which are, there's a plethora of them inside of uh, mixed model. So it's something to think about. Um, final couple of points here uh, before we finish up. Yeah, it, you have to ask the question, um, you know, some of these, some of these, uh, you know, deepest intentions of it. Um, and let's just all move forward in um, the progression of the sport. You know, keep asking about the deepest intentions so we can all just move forward. Um, I'd much rather have the cat out of the bag and have some honesty around what uh, the bodybuilding you know, movement is for. Um, and it's for uh, getting good at absolute strength, getting good at you know, asymmetry or fixing symmetry. Uh, meaning, you know, I, I don't mean symmetry is in shoulder waist ratio and like the V cut. I mean right to left symmetry. I mean mechanical symmetry. Um, that's what it's for, right? And it's for possible gain in lean mass. Um, and it's for uh, maybe an increase in lean mass, a decrease in fat mass. Um, it's for, you know, a base support of strength forever, right? It's for developing motor control into strength endurance into maximal contractions over time that people can express, right? It's for to live long and prosper. That's what it's for, right? But it's not for the sport. It's not for the sport, right? So, um, I'd much rather us just be super honest around where it has a part to play in the sport. Um, I don't think it has a part to play. I don't think it's going to be seen as a part to play. Um, and I think we'll just have to deal with the individuals that we get in front of us and trying to figure out how to put some form of strict, you know, work and strict absolute strength training inside this individual's uh, program and try to figure out with some forms of assessment or pieces of a period of time. Um, you know, how far we think they are away from their best absolute strength progression. Um, and take it from me, I've, uh, I've indirectly done this uh, really ineffectively for a lot of people in the early years. Um, the, and these people didn't end up dying or doing anything, you know, voracious. 
but it did, you know, it takes time for someone to go back and look at that and go, there could have been a better way and there could have been a longer career and there could have been a better shoulder and it could have been, you know, um, missed opportunities and it could have been maybe three or four more placings, even though they're in top 10. So you, you may not think that this is uh, important, but uh, it takes a long time in order to develop that story where if I was to rewrite it, uh, I would have made those people not compete for a year, year and a half until I, until I got um, really uh, exhausted the whole context of um, you know, getting their absolute strength down and slow absolute strength. And then I would have uh, purposely kept them away from chasing the squirrel in the off season for six months um, you know, with that uh, you know, off season style training and uh, putting it into place. Um, so, I mean, I just want us to be more consciously aware and honest around where that bodybuilding uh, style stuff fits in. Um, and I, I, to, you know, uh, to be simple, I don't think it has any place to play inside a mixed modal. Um, instead, you should be doing mixed modal training. And uh, that may involve um, a lot of, you know, p putting people's skills up in strict absolute strength stuff and combining dynamic training and putting them on their way to improving those skills. Um, and uh, if that doesn't involve that, then, you know, take three or four years and build that base and don't be afraid of then getting in the sport and having a nice long career uh, after that.